This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Any news today, Tito, at all? (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Rosie. That's your job. This is the Rosie Report. The next round's on Rosie, and we'll read his credit card number here in just a moment. Regular season roundup. Catch it, Rosie! Nicely done, Rosebud. Now, here's Jim Rosenhaus. Johnson launches one high and deep to right. Forget it. Way on out of here. Home run, Daniel Johnson. And the Indians take the lead 2-0. Oh, my. 425 feet the distance as Johnson hits his third home run on the season to give the Indians the lead. And that big blast by Daniel Johnson midway through the Tuesday night game in Minneapolis powered the Indians to a 3-1 to win and backed up some excellent pitching by Eli Morgan and the bullpen as the Indians squared the series with the Twins at one win apiece. Series finale Wednesday afternoon and early start time, 12-10 local in Minneapolis, 1-10 Cleveland time. So hopefully you can tune into that and welcome in to another edition of the Rosie Report regular season roundup. This is episode number 71, Jim Rosenhouse along with you. And if you like to play the numbers game along with us, as you know by now we're getting up in the numbers where Boy, they just haven't been worn very often. And 71, looking back in Indians history, Willie Martinez back in the 2000 season. Remember him? Young pitcher that the Indians are very high on for a little while, and he got an opportunity to pitch in the big leagues wearing that number. Sam Henches wore it during spring training and uh, maybe when he first came up, but now he has switched to 31. But uh, 71, as you would expect, a very rare number for the Cleveland Indians. All right, on to last night's game. Uh, The Tuesday nighter in Minneapolis, Tribe trying to bounce back from an extra inning defeat in the series opener on Monday night, and they got it done with a 3-1 win. Afterward, DeMarlo Hale, the acting manager, talked about it. After that inning, too, I I thought he settled down and and, um, got into a pretty good rhythm, uh, efficient uh, see of his pitches um, over the next four innings were good. Got the punch out and then the um, check swing ground ball. I, I really think that turned his game around um, because those next four innings, he was pretty good. Um, multiple strikeouts with his changeup. Um, you know, also, um, I think a couple looking with his slider. No, one with his fastball uh, and his slider. So, um just, just a great effort. You know, you talk about making an adjustment uh, from start to start, and um, I, I thought he did that. I was going to ask you about that. You know, you look at last night with Quantrill not having his best stuff, and in and, and his last start, Eli's, he didn't have his best stuff. What does it say about these young pitchers that they can bounce back and kind of find a rhythm? Yeah, I, I mean, they, they also got that – that mindset that, you know, they belong and, and, and um, they're showing that, that, you know, 
their major league pitchers and, you know, from the pitching um, department, you know, making the necessary adjustments. And, you know, um, you, you can see a little determination in them tonight. Um, and I think that's a big key. You know, uh, when you go from start to start, I think sometimes, you know, you can kind of stay on a roll. And, and then when you have a hiccup, you know, you know, what are you going to do next? And I thought it was positive, you know, what he came out and done. What do you think of Karen Check coming in in a, in a tough situation and what he did tonight? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was outstanding. We tried to um, stay away from him. Uh, you know, I was hoping Stephan can, um, you know, get an out or two where we kind of um, minimize um, James' pitch count because I think he went 19-20 yesterday. Um, you know, it, it didn't work. Um, and then he came in with the bases loaded, got the ground ball, and, you know, got the punch out um, and, and really, you know, his pitch count didn't get up that high either, which was uh, uh, a plus there. But, you know, just tried to control, you know, his, his pitches being back to back. And uh, um, he came in, done an outstanding job. How nice is it to see Daniel run into one in his first game playing back up with the big league team? Yeah, I think, you know, I heard some conversation earlier that, you know, this guy, he he throws his fastball, you know, he gets at the top of the zone as well. Um, and, um, you know, Daniel had a good swing on a fastball. You know, actually, I thought he had a good swing on that, his first at bat that he flied out. Uh, he got under it a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I think they were hunting fastballs with this guy um, over, and uh, he got one. And... You know, he started to mix some of his secondary pitches in, you know, after that. So, um, but just just, just a good swing by Daniel. Marlo, what um, did the 16 pitch at bat, when, what are you thinking about with, with Polanco in the first inning when he makes, you know, he goes 16 pitches? Does that wear a pitcher out or what, what was going through your mind? Yeah, it, I, I think it wears about a little bit. That's almost like a, a, a whole inning, you know, when you look at some of his innings that he had. Um, and, you know, he was in the zone, too. Um, and then Polanco just put one of those, I mean, historical bats, and he got him to strike out uh, after that. But I, I did think that had an effect in my mind, you know, um, not extending him um, once um, uh, if he got into trouble. Um, you know, I, I talk about um, kind of managing innings and, and, you know, he didn't have much trouble after that, but, you know, it was in the back of my mind not to extend him for sure. Um, but, you know, that was a great battle. And, you know, I'm glad that he came out on the end with the strikeout, but, you know, Polanco put up a great at bat. And also after the game, Eli Morgan stopped by and, and talked about a, a solid effort weaving in and out of trouble. I said a 16-pitch uh, at-bat with one guy in the first inning. What does that do to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that takes it out of you early. I, uh, you know, that, that could have affected that second inning a little bit of the command. Um, but that was huge to get that guy out. The tough A-B. Um, him and Arias both put together really good A-Bs today. They're tough hitters. They, they don't expand the zone too much. Um, um, but that was definitely good to, uh, to get him after that long, long battle. 
what's going through your mind in the second inning when you get the bases loaded, no outs? Um, and like you said, you've had those long at-bats with Polanco and Arise already. Yeah, I mean, that, that just jolted the pitch count up. I knew I had to make some pitches there. Um, you know, that early in the game, you're not really thinking too much about, you know, fifth, sixth inning. But, um, you know, in the back of my mind, I knew that if I wanted to keep going, I was going to have to get that pitch count to a more manageable level. Um, and that, that third inning was uh, you know, a good way to bounce back. That was a pretty short inning. After struggling a little bit with your command last start, um, what do you do mentally and, and what do you do to get back into the groove like you did tonight? Uh, just just go over, you know, what it was. Um, big thing with that Oakland game was fastball command. Wasn't where I wanted it. Um, you know, we, we talked with Ramos today, making sure that we established the outside corner. Uh, he did a fantastic job out there. He got me a few pitches and, uh, you know, had a really good attack plan. Um, working out with my fastball and slider. Um, I still walk too. That's, you know, something I'm going to have to continue to work on. Um, but I think after that second inning, the command uh, really ticked up. Eli, when, what what pitch did you throw to get the, uh, you know, the uh, one, two, three double play there? And what were you thinking? I mean, that's that's almost perfection there, right? That's what you're looking for. Yeah, um, you know, with bases loaded, no outs, um, ideally we're looking to get out of there with one. Uh, so getting out of there with zero was a bonus. Um, you know, to Snow, we're just trying to keep the ball short. You know, he, he can drive the ball, he can hit a home run, he can have sack flies. So was really just trying to execute pitches down and away and got him to chase on a couple sliders and then uh, through that kind of same slider to Ref Snyder, he took a little like half swing at it and uh, chopped it back to me. Um, but really, just looking to get the ball on the ground right there, try to a double play somehow, or um, you know, at least keep it in the infield. Do you think of that play Straw made? I want to say in the fourth inning. Yeah, I mean, he's he's unreal out there. The the plays he's been making every game are just unbelievable. Um, he, he makes it look routine too. Like he's there in plenty of time. You know just about camped under it, but that's, you know, that's a beyond next level play and uh, made sure to give him some love for that. He's been great out there. That's Eli Morgan, part of a, a young group of Cleveland Indians, the Indians with the youngest roster overall in Major League Baseball and uh, particularly on that pitching staff. Extremely young, but Morgan having a fine season. Another one of the young Cleveland Indians is Ernie Clement, who had a, a nice weekend in Detroit last weekend, and we caught up with him after he had the two-home run game last Friday night and talked to him about that special night hitting his first two Major League home runs. But tell us about the first one. You hit that first one as a, quote, non-home run hitter. What was that feeling like to get one in the big leagues? Yeah, I was just trying to get a barrel on it and, and get a rally going because, uh, you know, he had, he had shut the pitcher had shut us down for, for a couple innings. And, you know, it was really good to uh, to kickstart kick the ball club a little bit. Um, I was not trying to hit a home run. I just happened to hit it really well and, and sneak one out of here to right field. So it was really cool. What was the reception you got when you got back to the dugout? <laughs> it was awesome to see everybody, um, you know, greeting me as I walked into the dugout. Uh, I don't know if they thought I could hit one out. I didn't know if I could hit one out. So um, to be able to do it and, and get a run for the squad, it felt really good. Um, and they were all so, so supportive, and, you know, it, it felt really good. And then you come back later in the game and hit another one that was absolutely crushed. Do you surprise yourself, Ian, a little bit when that happens? 
Yeah, like I, I don't know if I like when I hit it. I have no idea if it's a home run or not. So you know, I'm sprinting around the bases, and you know, I didn't even really see where it landed. Um, I, I knew I hit it really well, but you know, I, like I said, I have no idea if it was going to be a home run or not. I don't have the uh, the Fran Mill bat toss or the or the Jose jog down quite yet. But um, you know, like I said, it just felt really good to, to put some runs up for the team. The list of of Indians hitters who have hit their first two home runs in the same game is slim. Uh, it last happened in 1995. Herb Perry did it, but Manny Ramirez did it as well. And, and I know that was mentioned to you after the game. And when you hear that, and then and then you look at the type of player you are and what you do well, uh, do you kind of chuckle a little bit? Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, anytime you're on a list with with Manny Ramirez, that uh, you did something right. So that, I'm really thankful for that. That's really cool. But um, you know, I just got to stick to my game and and try and get on base for those guys. So with that said, it. How important is it now to, to not think of yourself and get out of, of the game that you play? And, and how challenging can that be sometimes? Yeah, I definitely have to be mindful and, and stick to my approach and, and do what I do well, which is, you know, put the ball in play. And, you know, I can't try and hit home runs. Um, you know, Straw last night um, almost got one out, but, you know, he doesn't quite have as much power as I do. Miles Straw joining our conversation here outside the Tribe dugout. We'll have more with Ernie Clement after this short break. Welcome back to Indians Warm-Up. Ernie Clement joining us. Ernie, you got some time now in the major leagues, and you've been on a path where it seems like you're getting better and more well-adjusted to the major leagues as you go, and that's not easy. There's some others on the team who've gone up and back, some other young players. What do you think the key's been for you that's allowed you to continue to improve and have success up here? Well, I'm just trying to have fun and enjoy it and, and try to help the team win. You know, I try to keep it as simple as possible, and, and my teammates around me have done an awesome job of you know, making me feel comfortable and just telling me to be myself. So um, I have to credit them. They've been awesome, and you know, we're just going to keep trying to, to keep it simple. And sometimes at this level, depending on the roster construction, you don't play every day. Uh, can that be a challenge when that's what you're used to, especially at this level? Yeah, it's definitely been a little bit of an adjustment, but you know, when I do get the opportunity, I try not to, uh, or I try to take advantage of it and and try and help the team win. And like I said, the simpler you can keep it, you know, the easier your job is going to be. And you know, it's it's been really cool. And whenever I do get in there, I just try to, to help the team win. And it's a young team, a lot of guys in your shoes. Does that make it kind of fun at times? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, we have a we have a great energy. You know. A lot of the games lately haven't been really been going our way, but you know we stay positive and, and take it one game at a time. And you know if we scuffle a little bit, we move right on and, and, and try and be better the next day. So you know hopefully we can go on a little bit of a run. But you know it's really awesome um, having a young core and, and some awesome leadership too. It's Ernie Clement, Indians infielder, who has uh, really been impressive in a utility role for the tribe since being called up from the minor leagues. That's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report regular season roundup, episode number 71. Thanks, as always, go out to Bart Swain, Courtbury Trip, Austin Controllis for all of their help. This is Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks so much, as always, for listening to and downloading the Rosie Report. This has been the Rosie Report. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 